Thanks for coming back to uh, another edition of Big City Catholics, our podcast with Bishop Robert Brennan, the Bishop of Brooklyn, and myself, Father Christopher Henyu. Bishop, we're starting this month of October, and it's been a very, very busy time. It's continuing to get busy. There's been a lot in the news recently, certainly the massive hurricanes that have affected so many, Hurricane Fiona and most recently Hurricane Ian. And especially here in our city of New York, we mourn the loss of of our FDNY EMS, Allison Russo Elling, Lieutenant, uh, now posthumously raised to the rank of captain. We mourn her loss. So there's so much to, to be mindful of, and I think with all of that in mind, uh, we can begin this podcast in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Offering our prayers in this month of October for all those who need our prayers, for those affected by the recent hurricanes, for the loss, uh, for the soul of Captain Allison Russo Elling, for all the prayers which we hold in our hearts, we bring to our Blessed Mother and we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Indeed, what, a, what, what sad news. We were away last week on the priest convocation when we received news about the brutal, I mean, really just the brutal murder of Lieutenant Russo Elling. And in the days since, we've seen how she was a beloved figure in that firehouse, sort of the mom of the house, but, yeah. to, but really also a, a very generous, giving person. You know, and her family mourns her loss, but so does the family of the FDNY. FDNY. And, you know, it's sad, but on occasions like this, it gives us pause to give thanks for all the men and women who live their lives in service, really for our protection, our safety, yeah. and our well-being right here in the city of New York and really everywhere. So we certainly pray for her. We pray for her colleagues. Yeah. And, and we pray for our city. I mean, it's a sad commentary to see the effect of crime and, I mean, just random yeah. island crimes. So we pray for, for the people of our city. Our podcast entitled Big City Catholics, these are parts of being a citizen of a big metropolitan city. You know, these acts of violence, these acts of crime, homelessness, mental illness, the you protection. Know, we of- had an occasion just this week with one of our churches being attacked by a fellow purposely driving over the sign and doing rather lewd and disgusting things right there on the mm. front lawn, destroying a statue of the Blessed Mother and shouting things indicating that it was a direct attack. And, you know, it stops us in our tracks just to see the, the reality of these situations. And we think of people who are suffering from different kinds of acts of violence or hatred or, or safety. And, we all do our part. We continue to pray. We pray for the transformation of our city. We pray for the well-beings of our our citizens. And we strive ourselves to be. You know, we celebrated St. Francis this week, instruments of peace. Of God's peace. Yeah. Try to become instruments of God's peace. But again, doing so with a tremendous gratitude for those who do protect us, especially in these trying times. And our church, both uh, the church universal, but certainly the church local here in Brooklyn and Queens, work hard to foster that sense of peace, to provide uh, help for those in need. The Catholic Charities and Migration Services have been very busy uh, Catholic Charities and Migration Services, but a number of our parishes. So Mm. we're seeing many people showing up at our doors in in need of help. And, And our response is what it always is. 
we're dealing with human beings. Oh, I know there are political issues involved mm -hmm. with the immigration, but the, and and we really do need comprehensive reform. That that's clear, and that's true on all sides of the political argument. But what we see, what we've been doing, is we respond to human needs, to people who show up at our doors, hungry or in these cases, literally with nothing. Some people coming over wearing shorts and uh, flip flops. Mm. Mm having absolutely nothing else. And, and then, you know, trying to plug people into what's out there. And we do it because it's what we do all the time. It's not just something we're jumping into, respond to a particular need, but it's something we strive to do. So I give thanks to our parishes and parishes helping each other, working together yeah. to help each other along the way. The response to the hurricane, parishes are taking up collections for two hurricanes, Fiona That's right. and Ian. So we're going to be providing aid and contributing to the aid efforts. And we pray there for those who've suffered, people who've lost everything, yeah. everything, but there too. When you talk about people who serve the community, who protect, and we, there are out there, people out there trying to rescue and build up, and there's so much work to be done. So, yeah, it, it said there's a lot of suffering right now, yeah. but as people of faith and people of hope, we, we turn to the Lord and we build each other up along the way. I, I'd also say, you know, that, that's what I, we were thinking about... Uh, hope and healing. And I think this might be a, a nice, a good opportunity to even mention that this That's next right. week, uh, you're going to be celebrant of a mass of your first mass. We have mass our of... annual mass of hope and healing for all those who have suffered, particularly sexual abuse, but many kind of abuse at any level, certainly uh, shamefully within the church, but also in, in any place and by anyone. This is an opportunity. We, we have that on Thursday night. And we'll be doing that at Resurrection Ascension Church in Regal Park. And it will be carried by Net TV. So we invite anyone to come and pray um, for those who suffered any kind of abuse. And again, yes, seeking hope and healing. Yeah, yeah. So, Bishop, this has been a very busy time for all of us, as we were mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. But at the end of September, uh, we all came together, all of the priests came together for our priest convocation. It was your f first time, obviously, at the, our priest convocation. It happens once every three years, and man, more than ever, did we need it this year, and I think it was just a real blessing. What was your... It was. So I was convinced for personal reasons, but also practical reasons, that we needed to have the priest convocation. As you mentioned, it's a three-year cycle. However, because of the realities of COVID, it's been a little more than three years now. Sure, sure. And probably closer to five. Mm. And this was not even scheduled for this year because when you would have scheduled, it was still a time of uncertainty. I was only announced as coming here about a year ago this right. time last year. But it, So there wasn't anything on the books for 2022, but it, it was pretty clear to me we needed to meet. We needed to be together, and I needed to be able to spend time That's with right. the whole of the Presbyterate, spend some quality time. So I was looking forward to it, and now that it's completed, I'm even more certain that we needed to do this. Yeah. Um, the priests really very much enjoyed it. They enjoyed being together. It strengthens us, renews us. We had some very good speaker. Last Wednesday, we recorded last week's podcast because it was the day that Monsignor James Shea, uh, the keynote, addressed the priest but he joined us that was great for last week's that was such a powerful conversation yeah. that we 
We could have kept going. We could have kept going, uh, except he had a plane to catch. He was <laughs> he was trying to beat out Hurricane uh, Ian. Ian. He, yeah. was, he had to get to to Georgia and needed to get on the road before the plane stopped flying. That's but right. That's right. We, we could have had him, but also we focused in on that. We really didn't get to talk much about the rest of the convocation. But all of the presenters were great. Yeah. But the key thing is. The priests had time to be together. Yeah, it was great for brothers to dwell in unity, as they say, you know, to come together. And uh, for me, it was my second convocation. For the younger priests, the newly ordained priests, even one of them spoke publicly at, at one of the sessions saying, what a great opportunity this was for him to be in the midst of all of the brother priests. And I think in this week's tablet article about the convocation, Monsignor Calice is quoted as well as saying, similarly from the other side, it's good for all the generations of priests to come together and just recognize that sense of fraternity. We're working together. We're in this together. We're supporting one another. And that's important. That, in a sense, was one of the themes for the individual conferences. Monsignor Shea kind of gave, gave us that sense of mission, the, that apostolic sense, that, that yeah, apostolic mission. But the others were really about priestly fraternity. And that's not about the good old boys club. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is all about. It's not recreational fraternity. Oh, yes, that's part of who we are. But the idea of fraternity gets down to a certain unity in mission. It's that shared experience of Christ who calls us into the ministerial priesthood, but also it's that mutual support and encouragement. You know, we need to encourage each other and inspire each other. And I think that's what sort of happened last week. We strengthened those bonds to be stronger in our service to the people of God. One of the points that struck me in one of the guest speakers was that if we as priests are counseling families in how to, you know, build a home, how to be a family, how to, to live in the sense of family life, um, then we ourselves should be practicing it in our own rectories. This is, I think, a, a common concern and, and a common challenge for many rectories is that you know, priests are, are generally busy during the day uh, with their own with their ministry and their obligations, their meetings. And sometimes what comes last is to put on the calendar, we're sitting down together for dinner at such and such a time. I'd say two things. Yes, exactly. One, they are busy during the day and many activities take place in the evening. Yeah. So that's one piece. But one of the things I lament is the loss of the family meal across the board. You know, not just among priests, but in families and all that. That family meal becomes so important. So, so as it erodes everywhere else, yeah, it becomes something functional. Mm-hmm. The other thing for us as priests is it's, it needs to be intentional because now we're spread out in different places. So you, for example, you're in a rectory with several priests. But That's right. You know, you're all scattered about with different ministries. That's um, right. And you're covering two parishes. Mm-hmm. Some of our priests are alone where they are. So if you're going to have that kind of fraternal support, and if you are going to build up the structures of family life among rectories, sometimes that takes a little bit of extra planning. It takes a little bit of extra effort. That's right. And intentionality. Intentionality. Yeah. One of the points was, you know, just come to a consensus among the brothers of the house that on this particular day, no one takes an evening obligation, an evening meeting. This is our one time to be together, to pray together, to eat together, to watch a movie together, you know, and just to build up that sense of family life. And what uh, an inspirational thought that was for me, because 
how often do I counsel families? And it made a lot of sense what this presenter was saying. It made a lot of sense to, if I'm going to be counseling families on, on how to build that sense of family life, well, then my rectory should image or mirror what I'm trying to preach to them. I know that you were at St. Bernard's recently for the blessing of a statue, and this month of October is the month of the Respect for Life. Yes, so Sunday was Respect Life Sunday. At St. Bernard's, they had just installed an outdoor statue. It's beautiful, and it's on the wall of the church on the outside of the Holy Family, and so visible as a great sign for all the families Mm. living in the Mill Basin area. Mm. It's a great sign for us to look at the Holy Family. So we celebrated Respect Life Sunday and tied it into Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and the image of family life, but also their family being the ground of respect for all life, respect for life at every moment from the very first moment of conception until natural death, but also at every single moment in between. What's a family without mutual respect? Mm. Looking into the eyes of one another, seeing the image of God, created in God's own image, just like Genesis says, going out of our way to, to show respect, mother, father, child, child to parents. It's just that respect has to be key. And of course, as St. Paul says, let your love for one another be the thread that ties it sure. all together. Sure. And we see that modeled, of course, in Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. We're uh, here at the Co-Cathedral. We're in the process of commissioning a statue of St. Joseph. It's interesting, you know, when we get gathered together as a committee, we said, well, what kind of a statue are we looking for? We, we have to be praying about this, but also recognizing what is it that our society, that our parish needs to see? Joseph as the protector, Joseph as father, you know, and I think what a beautiful thing that this statue of the, the Holy Family, that is, you know, that is what's corroding at times is the, the sense of family life, the culture. Monsignor Shea mentioned it. He said, you know, that the, the, just the atmosphere of raising a family in, now in 2022 is so much different than it was even when he was growing up, when I was growing up, when you were growing up. And so we're, we're fighting that. We're fighting. We're swimming against the tide. We're swimming against the current. Right. And, you know, to go back to Monsignor Shea's point, we can lament that, we can be nostalgic, but that's not what it's about. We want to do is say, okay, this is where I am. I'm living in the world of 2022. And there's an exciting call. And the family today is in itself a missionary venture. So these can be exciting times, too. We can lament the loss of so much but even you know when all those structures were there there were other other challenges you, you know he said i think this the sin of the society that supports your values is complacency just yeah. going along with the tide yeah. which can even lead to almost a laziness mm-hmm. the challenge today is cowardice that we can feel overwhelmed by the challenges but what jesus has always done he's done it in the gospels and what he does through the ages is he meets us where we are and helps us to become signs for the time. Sure. Signs of the eternal truth of who he is and of his saving work, of who we are created in God's own image and likeness. And then he allows us to be that salt for the earth, light for the world, not because we're so perfect and all of that, but because living the joy of the gospel in today's world can be such a powerful transformative tool. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, rooted in in faith, rooted in in love, inspired by the Holy Family as well. This month of October is a month dedicated 
uh, to our Blessed Mother. And, and uh, Friday, the day of this podcast uh, release, is the Feast of the Holy Rosary, right? And so you re- you were recently uh, with all of the school, with a good number of school yes. kids. So um, first of all, the Feast of the Rosary is an important one for me. I, you know, I have a great devotion, great love for the Rosary in itself. My parents were married at Holy Rosary Parish in the Bronx. I've always been conscious. And many of the local congregations of Dominican sisters are connected to Our Lady of the Rosary. Hmm. Um, it's a patronal feast for many of our Dominican sisters. But this Friday the 7th is the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And October, the month of Rosary. So... To sales, media did a great job producing the rosary that we show daily. So we have the four mysteries, yes, sets of mysteries, recorded them in the high schools. I, I hear from people all the time who love the fact that the high school students came together to pray the rosary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and are just moved by the prayers. And I'm, I'm glad for that. I, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really proud of our students. For this year, for the month of October, we gathered elementary school Nice, very nice. And so five different schools, each school took a decade of the rosary, but it also shows the international flavor of our schools. Many prayed the prayers of the rosary in the language of their heritage, their parents' language perhaps, their grandparents' language. Even there, we only got a few, right? So we had um, English, of course, we had Spanish, we had Haitian Creole, we had Chinese, and uh, we had Polish. So uh, each decade picks up one of, uh, of those languages as well as the mysteries of the rosary. So uh, that'll be airing on Net TV throughout the month of October. It'll premiere on Friday, October 7th, but then it will air through, through the month. That's awesome. That is, must have been great to be with all the oh, kids. it was. It was. Yeah. And that was in the Immaculate Conception Center in Douglaston, right? That chapel. It was. And, you know, that's a large, round sanctuary. So so they had the students set up almost as if they were a living rosary. So they were set up with the cross with the Our Father, Three Hail Marys, uh, Glory Be, and then then in groups of 10 for the decade. So it's in something of a circle. So even they looked like a rosary. Like like their own rosary beads. That's awesome. Yeah. And it is, the rosary is a powerful tool. Maybe I can give a little plug for it. We turn to the Lord in our need. And, you know, the rosary is a way of centering us, of connecting us to the life of Jesus Christ. The mysteries of the rosary connect us to the life of Jesus Christ. But I always tell people, pray what you can, not what you can't. In other words, if you can do the whole rosary, and, you know, there are all kinds of aids to help pray the rosary out there, but if, if you're able to do the rosary, you know, Apostles' Creed, all the prayers, mm-hmm. the five mysteries, wonderful, wonderful. If you can, right now, if you're not doing anything and you're up to doing one decade, and our Father, ten Hail Marys, and a Glory Be, great. Yeah. And then sometimes I tell people, even when you, when you can't pray, when, you, when, when you're so lost, when you just, words can't come to you and you can't concentrate, I say, just hold the rosary in your hand. Treat it like a lifeline, you know, that you would throw mm-hmm, from a, mm-hmm, a boat. Mm-hmm. And just hold it and be, and be held. Let yourself be held by God. So just, just grab onto it and let yourself be held by, by God. That in itself is a prayer. 
And if you don't feel up to praying or you're not sure what to do, just hold on to it and say, say, I'm holding. I'm holding on. You know, Lord, help me. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you need to say. I Honestly, I feel as if uh, I know that, that the message is to the larger audience, your message there, but your message is also speaking very directly to me because I always, as a priest and as a seminarian, I do and I, I still, I did and I still do have a great admiration for those who have strong devotions to our Blessed Mother. And I have to admit, mine is not as strong as it could or should be. So, you know, Monsignor MacDonald had a great devotion to our to the Rosary and priests that I've met along the way, seminarians. And, and, and sometimes for me, it is just holding the Rosary. It's just keeping it in my pocket or holding it in my hand or the little, the one that, that kind of goes around like a ring, you know, the, with the ten, with the decade. Right. That is the sense of, of, of support utilizing even YouTube. There are great YouTube videos of people praying the rosary with great meditative song behind it. And now actually, you know, I'm sure that your your rosary, the rosaries that you've prayed with the high school students that are on Net TV are probably also on YouTube. Or at least on the Net website. I'm sure you oh, can yes, probably yeah. connect if yeah, you're on demand. Yeah. But exactly, even just listening. listening Sometimes the that's call. the assistance that, you know, that helps kind of you go along with to, to help you to pray with it. So your message has spoken directly to me, too. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not spiritual direction. This is Big City Catholics podcast, but, uh, but thank you for that, Bishop. You know, also, I just wanted to touch base on this, and w- this is a topic for a future podcast. You recently filmed with DeSales Media and NetTV as a response to the Synod. Can you tell us a little bit about yes, that? Yes, so that will air on Wednesday the 12th. Actually, Wednesday the 12th is going to be a very busy night on Net TV. We have the Synod presentation. We also have um, the Monsignor Quinn. That was something... Oh, we, documentary, the, yeah. The documentary on Monsignor Quinn. We had a chance to view that mm-hmm. during the convocation. And then there's something else, but the, these three diocesan-centered things. So we're going to be posting next week our Synod re, uh, report, what we sent into New York State, so New York State subsequently sent to the United States, and then each country sent in to Rome. It was a very tight calendar and a lot of work, and I thank our team here under the direction of uh, Father Gibino and Sister Marianne uh, LaPiccolo. We, we'll be releasing our report but also have a roundtable to discuss some of those findings, the, thing, the themes that came up the most. And just like the Synod was not meant to be just an exercise and move on to the next thing, it was meant to be an ongoing conversation. So even these kinds of roundtables, hopefully we'll continue to have these conversations. The Synod was a great experience for me because we were at the diocesan phase just as I arrived, and it got me... Mm-hmm. into each of the regions so I could interact, get to know people, but get to know them at a pretty substantial level. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm across the board meeting lots of people. That's overwhelming. But then to get some of the representative voices to say these are the the concerns, this is what life is like living in the big city of That's Brooklyn right. and Queens. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. this yeah. is what life is like here. And these are, these are our concerns. And each deanery had, there were some things that, carried through all the deaneries and some things that were very particular in, in certain areas. You know, we'll, we'll share those findings. Obviously, no report and no uh, half-hour program or, <laughs> or, or hour, whatever, will capture everything that was said. But it's, it's that ongoing conversation. We tried to put that together. So that's on Wednesday, on Wednesday evening. On Thursday evening, we'll be televising the Mass of Hope and Healing. 
and um, and we invite people to be with us either in person or on Net TV. And then on Friday, we um, have the Feast of the Rosary, and we'll be um, showing for the first time uh, the uh, Rosary Rally. Really? So uh, this is a very busy week at at the Sales Media, and hopefully, will be a very um, encouraging week for anyone who wants to tune in. Yeah, well, thank you, Bishop. This has been, uh, we've covered a lot in this one podcast. We've gone from convocations to family life to uh, hope and healing to the rosary to synod. So we've covered a lot. It's well, just a, a glimpse. Again, just isn't a glimpse. that October in the big city? <laughs> exactly. Just a glimpse of everything that's on your plate. Again, this be a good opportunity to say, for that we promise you our prayers to keep the strength and the zeal, the energy as you go through the daily tasks uh, that, that you have as, a, as the shepherd of this diocese. And finally, as the shepherd, if you would maybe lead us in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, We thank you for your presence among us. We ask you to be close to those who are hurting this day, those in need of healing, all of us in need of healing at some level. We ask you to bring your healing touch upon our wounded community and, and all those who have suffered from any kind of violence, any kind of abuse, any kind of disregard. We ask you, Lord, to fill us with your love, to make us those instruments of your peace. And we thank you, Lord, for the many different gifts that you have given us to come to know you better, to rejoice in your love, and to be your witnesses in a world so in need of your presence. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop, for your time and for sharing with us again as we come together for our podcast, Big City Catholics. We ask you as listeners to please subscribe to our podcast and please share it with others so that our message can go out to all as we continue to evangelize and to come together each and every week. May God bless you.